Good morning, everyone, and I'm really glad to be here today for what is going to be our last LinkedIn Live of the year and of this season. Today, we're going to be having a talk about where we started. We started early on with one of our first LinkedIn Live sessions talking about plastics. And we're going to finish talking about plastics because sometimes an analogy of circularity can always go down well. In the UK, some startling statistics about plastics. 13,000 tonnes of plastic was recycled in the year 2000. How things have changed. Last year, 390,000 tonnes of plastics were collected. Plastic is a miracle product. I do not subscribe to the, oh, we should have zero plastics. That's not going to work. Just think of all the products and, and items that used to be made out of other things, like elephant tusks and things like that, that are now made out of plastic. I know which I'd prefer. But still, even though 86% of plastic packaging is recovered in the UK, only 49% of it is recycled. So there is still work to do. And two of the heroes who are doing that work wearing their capes and charging around and making it happen are Benoit and Danny, two colleagues of mine who I'd like to introduce to you now. Danny, Benoit, are you here? Good morning. Hiya, Danny. How are you doing? Hello, yes, yes. Happy to be with you. Thanks. Hello, Benoit. Good to see you. Good to yeah, see you. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm in that sort of mood. Danny, what present do you want under your Christmas tree, or what are you looking forward to about Christmas this year? Well, well I suppose I Christmas this year is going to be interesting because hopefully we can start enjoying it with family and friends with some normality. So I suppose that would be the, the thing I'm looking forward to the most. A little normality, yes. It is a, it's nice to be this time of year and not thinking about locking down, isn't it? Yeah. Benoit, how about you? What are you looking forward to? No, uh, definitely I will be with uh, my family as well, enjoying in the mountain. I like nature, I like sport, I like uh, ski hiking, so that will be part of uh, what I will do. And uh, yes, it's a good moment with, uh, with the family and, and good things for the planet as well. Excellent. Nice and, and, and nice and simple family Christmas. That, that sounds really good. Um, what I haven't done is tell people your job role. So Benoit, could you tell me, you know, what do you do in Veolia? So I'm part of Veolia since, uh, since 20, 23 years now. I have a strong background in uh, water treatment for industries. And since a few years, I joined uh, the challenge of increasing the circularity for waste and especially uh, a focus on plastic. So now I am a market and clients director at the headquarters, supporting our BUs to find the, the right models, the right positioning, and to really address <clears throat> the, the needs of our clients uh, in terms of uh, uh, circular polymers. So you're based at Butelobervilliers? Yeah, Aubervilliers in the north of Paris. Uh, lovely place to be. <clears throat> it's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> Fabulous. Danny, can you be working in Paris? Where are you and, uh, and what's your job role? Well, similar, I'm in London, so it's very similar over here. Very similar. <laughs> King's very Cross, Aubervilliers. Yes. We, we both in the north of the cities, beautiful places. Yes, and um, 
So I'm the sales manager for our plastic and glass here in Veolia. So in a nutshell, it's ensuring the circular economy for all the plastic and glass we collect here in the UK. Fabulous. Great. Well, we're getting quite a lot of people joining us. What I will say, people, you don't have to have a pen and paper. You don't have to type. If there's anything that we think is linkable, we'll put it into the comments. You're welcome to ask questions. If we have time, we will try and find time to ask your questions and answer those we can. Um, but I'm going to start by getting straight into controversy. Benoit, my friend, it's getting a bit noisy in the news about um, the calls in the UK for a ban on exporting all plastics. What do you think about that? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Well, first, um, it's uh, never a good idea to see waste uh, moving around the world. Uh, there has been so many abuse uh, in the past and adverse effects uh, that it's good to have regulation and uh, a, a strict uh, commitment of uh, all, all the stakeholders. Um, it's definitely good not to see mixed waste or poorly sorted waste uh, moving uh, from one country to the other or from one continent to the other. On the other side, definitely if we want a real circularity, we need uh, the right level of massification, the right level of specialization of each plant. And for that, uh, I'm convinced that we have to think circularity more at a multi-country or continent level than just at a, a country level. So whatever can be done locally shall be done locally, definitely. But there shall be some room for under control exports and, uh, and uh, move of uh, plastic uh, streams or plastic waste stream when they are sorted. Excellent. Danny, what, what are your feelings? Are you going to side with Benoit or are you going to take a, a different position? What do you think? Well, no, so, I mean, I'll, I'll echo a lot of Benoit said. And, and to be clear, there's already strict um, restrictions in place when um, you're looking at exporting plastic. So this ensures that there's high quality standards and the end recycling facilities are fully compliant. But as we expand and prioritise the recycling capabilities in the UK, you know, relationships with recycling facilities in the EU will be vital to help us accelerate the circular economy. And what we could also ask is, how are we going to collect and recycle more material? You know, if, if we if, let's not restrict the facilities, let's concentrate on recycling more. So then we can also um, provide much needed materials for us to then invest in the UK infrastructure to recycle those also. Thanks. I think, you know, it's great balanced arguments there from both of you. It, to me, it appears to be sort of self <laughs> to take a decision that isn't about the global economics and isn't about the environment. Sustainability and ecological transformation has to win out here. And Danny, you make some good points, as do you, Benoit, about the limitations. If you don't allow strictly controlled export of materials because that's what it is it's a material um talking of the importance of global connections then when it comes to dealing with plastic responsibly benoit how exactly does a global network of facilities and expertise help why is that important how does it support a circular economy oh yeah <clears throat> so having a, having a, a network of uh, of plants, the network of expert, uh, experts is uh, really a plus uh, 
to, to be well positioned and to serve our clients, to serve the, the circularity. Definitely, um, it allows to combine a lot of different experience, experience on feedstocks, experience on application, experience on compounding, experience on treatments. So you combine the expertise of people, the history of, of uh, people and, um, and uh, companies, and you get as close as possible to what the market deserve, which is ready to use uh, circular resins that are really uh, matching the needs of, uh, of the application. Um, definitely, um, with having a, a wide variety uh, of expertise, uh, we can solve the, the challenge of each industry more easily. We can replicate from one plant to the other, from one country to the other, from one customer to the other. Being at the edge of the, of the industry by being challenged by the, uh, the leaders of each industry. So that's really the benefit for the client. It will be easier for him to access the right uh, circular polymer he needs. It will be um, easier and, uh, and quicker to replicate and it would mitigate the risk of switching from, uh, from uh, virgin to, to circular polymers. So it really enables, doesn't it? It really does. Danny, have you got anything to, to add to that? Or, or, you know, maybe there'll be an example you can give us in a while. Yeah, but I mean, to add to that also, it's important to, you know, earn trust. And with a global brand, you know, our customers can trust our quality. So that, that's what we can also create with this umbrella uh, branding for all of our facilities. Yeah, talking about that branding, let's let's name it Plasti Loop. Fabulous. I love it. It says what it does on the tin. As a as a marketer, it, it makes my heart beat faster. I love it. Brilliant name, brilliant branding. And it was launched worldwide just recently, wasn't it? Um talk to me about Plasti Loop though. You know, what are the range of materials that it can do, the polymers you talked there about compounding, etc. And what can be produced? Which industries industries are you producing them for? And what products are being made? Tell me more. Yeah, so Plastiloop, as you said, has been launched a, a few weeks ago. It's a, a, a brand new name, but it's much more than a name. It's really uh, the combination of the network that we, we mentioned previously, combination of a promise, promise of a reliability, of quality, of greenhouse gas emission reduction, and so on. Uh, and it is based on a, a unique new product range of circular polymers. Um, we have, let's say, uh, combined all our more than 300 different products around the world uh, in our 37 plants, recycling plastic, combined in a structured range of products, definitely uh, application-driven and customer-focused. We have structured with seven industries. So, of course, we are uh, serving the, the packaging industry, the automotive industry, the textile industry, uh, even with the production of filaments. Uh, we are serving uh, home and appliances, applications. Uh, you can have a ironing or a television or a credit card done with recycled plastic, for example. We are serving, of course, building and construction application as well as uh, agricultural or logistics. So we have this product range uh, structured by industries, structured by series, for example, bottle to bottle or a bumper uh, application. Uh, well, there is a wide variety, but each customer, each client, each converter can find its way to the right product he needs 
and we will help him to be connected to the right plant and the right uh, expert to serve his, uh, his need. It's really an example of ecological transformation, isn't it? We get asked a lot, what is ecological transformation? Well, this is it. We're taking away what used to be a from, from, from fossil fuel-based derivative or fossil or, you know, oil-based products to something else. This is where plastic comes from. We are mining the material from the waste streams and creating brand new products. And it isn't as simple, is it, as, 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 as you know, you put the plastic bottle in the bin and your plastic bottle comes back out. There's an awful lot to it. Viola is changing to uh, this producer and this supplier. Um, something, something I'm really proud of, of the, the company. And I, I think it's something you probably feel too. Danny, I'm going to come to you and, and ask you, you know, this global network, this all these products, this great brand, how's that helping you in the UK? And, and what are we doing in the UK to support customers to access what really is important here, because what we're producing is, is high quality material. How's it helping? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, as Benoit said, we've got, you know, over 37 recycling plants. And in the UK, we have one that we take milk bottles, which we transform into a high quality raw material. And this goes into the manufacture of new milk bottles. But, you know, my colleagues in Spain might recycle water bottles or in the Netherlands, we recycle butter tubs. So, what Plastiloop does, it kind of brings our large portfolio of all of our recycled materials under one umbrella. And this increases the ease of access for our customers so they can have that access to the recycled plastic and it aids them in increasing the inclusion in new products. But I suppose also for me working in an organization like this, it's a, it's a large network of support. So we can, you know, uh, share learnings and innovation, but also, share our expertise from across the globe. So it's extremely beneficial. It's great, isn't it? We've got, a, we, we've got you know, a, it's well sort of known now. We, half the solutions we need already exist. We've got to find the other half. We've got to find that, our way forward. And the best way to do that is to bring people together from different scenarios, different learnings. That's an accelerator. I think, Again, fabulous to hear that and hear how it's impacting. And would you describe then the, the, it is dairy to dairy? Is that what we're doing there with the bottles? Is it? It's almost yes, yes. Yeah, so it's, that's what we've achieved in the UK. Wow. And again, you know, it's not just you know that's not a simple. It's far easier to say, it, isn't it? But you know, clearly, you know, that's where there's an awful lot of plastic. So going to the right marketplace and then making that marketplace circular. You guys, you are the superheroes. I'm amazed you've got the time here to, to actually talk to me. So thank you for that. That's it. Yeah, oh, just taking a call. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a big P on your shirt for Plasti Loop. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Danny, I, I, I'm going to come to you, though, with um, the other side of the coin. I'm a business now. I want to recycle. I want to use more recycled plastic. I want to have that in my, my products. But what are the main challenges when it comes to increasing the amount of recycled plastic? And how does PlastiLoop address that? Well, well, I suppose we can, you know, go back to that dairy example. So, I mean, number one challenge is collecting material for recycling, but also the challenge, you know, as a, as a dairy industry to source, you know, certified and high quality material to manufacture new food contact packaging. So the regulations are quite tight, but at Dagenham in the UK, we met that challenge head on and other Veolia facilities have across the globe also. 
Um, and we've achieved a food grade status for our high quality recycled material. So what that means is our customers can access that to create new packaging. And back to the dairy industry, what we've done there is we've actually closed the loop on the milk bottle. So we collect a milk bottle, we recycle a milk bottle, and then we create a new milk bottle. So that's a fully closed loop that we've managed to achieve at Dagenham. It's incredible. I, I, I know it's hard to believe, you know, uh, with a face like this, but I've been around for quite a while now. And, you know, I remember when we were talking about circular economy and, you know, what would be a circular economy. And, and now I'm talking to you about one. You know, it's actually there. It's real. And that's just in the, in the you know, in the short period of time I've been in the industry. Uh, I, I'm sure in, in a few years time, there'll be so many more examples. Benoit, what would you add to that question, you know, about the, the, the challenges for businesses? Have you got anything else you would say? Oh, yes, so many things. <laughs> uh, maybe first, uh, really, it's a, a great example, uh, amazing example of uh, uh, loop circularity that uh, Danny is explaining with the dairy to dairy. And to achieve that collectively, there is a lot of steps, a lot of bottlenecks. Um, if you give me two minutes, I go around the, the circle. Go for it. First topic is definitely eco-design, design to recycle. I mean, that's in the hand of the brands, of, of the converters, uh, doing their best to uh, make the products they will put on the market as easy to sort and recycle as possible. That's the first step. And nobody will be able to recycle if this step is missed. The second step that, again, is also a must-have is at the customer side. Uh, where will be my gesture when I have a product that at the end of its life, I get away, uh, I, I get rid of it. In which bin do I put it? Uh, at home, but also on the way uh, and in any situation. That's the second step, and that's uh, probably a, a very uh, key bottleneck today. The third step, of course, is to massify, to improve the sorting of commingled recyclable uh, waste. And that's also a big topic in which uh, there are a lot of uh, investment and, and optimization to do. Um, the first step is then the recycling, uh, namely speaking, step where we convert those bales of waste, of bottles, of trays, of uh, whatever, bumpers or, or toys, into valuable products. And, and there, uh, the, the responsibility is to have uh, both reliability, very good traceability as well, uh, process leading to a, a certified quality consistent uh, over the time because this is what our client uh, need and deserve. And in parallel with that, with this robustness, let's say, we have to um, develop new grades, new application, and really uh, match with, uh, with what can be put on the market and where the market is giving value. And for all that, what is 
also a must have is to find the right business models because behind the technique, behind, um, I mean, all what can be achieved technically, markets are moving, price are moving, and we have to find a fair way of, uh, of business model. I call it sustainable business model. And the industry is finding more and more the good way to deal with that so that each, um, each player is rewarded for the step he's bringing to, to, the, to the community. And that's really key that the prices are reflecting the reality of the cost of each, uh, each uh, step. So it's a collective, uh, collective responsibility to increase the recycling rate. Maybe it's like in a, in a rugby match, in a rugby team. Uh, you, you guys in, uh, in England know more about... Uh, uh, I don't think we're talking about rugby union at the minute. <laughs> right. So, so the image I would like to, to have, uh, having it all together, going to the try, uh, uh, millimeter after millimeter. Absolutely. Oh, foot by foot, yard by yard. What a strange country we are when we measure things in two different ways. Um, fabulous. Uh, thank you. Um, I don't think anything could personify asking the expert more than the last set of answers that I've had from Benoit and Danny. Thank you very much for that. Um, my last question, you know, we're at that point of the year. We've, we've talked about Christmas. We need to move past Christmas really quickly and think about next year. What's next for PlastiLoop in 2023? Oh, so PlastiLoop first is a, a young baby. Uh, so we have to grow it. We have to, we have it alive. So that's a uh, great news. We have to grow it. We have to grow the, the volumes that we, we are targeting. So uh, for next year, our target worldwide is to produce uh, 610,000 tons of uh, circular polymers. Can you imagine wow. 610,000 tons? And we'll make it. I can, I can tell you. So a variety of resins, of course, uh, but we'll make it. Uh, so we have to grow the volumes, we have to create new, new grades, we have to catch new feedstock and to, to generate new streams that will feed the recycling, uh, the recycling uh, industry. Um, we also have to think maybe not only on developed countries, but only on what can happen on developing countries where collection, informal collection is also uh, a very good way not only to recycle but also to divert in that con in those countries those, those streams from going to the to the environment and being a, a nightmare for the environment so uh, this is also where uh, I, I am dreaming that we can uh, keep investing more and more we have a, a beautiful plant uh, in, in indonesia i would like uh, other project to materialize in the in the near future fabulous Danny, you've heard Benoit's dream. What, what's your dream for 2023 for, uh, for PlastiLoop in the UK? Yes, well, I mean, it's, it's echoing much of what Benoit said, but it's um, essentially mirroring our success stories um, so we can capture more materials, recycle more materials, but also continue to use our scale to bring our circular polymers to our customers. Fabulous. What a, what a moment. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. I have enjoyed the conversation. As always, I've learned more than I thought I would do on these, these calls. Thank you. Uh, and I'd like to now move to thank everybody who has taken part in one of our Ask the Experts in this series. It's been um, something that we 
I'm very proud of, and I hope that everybody who has watched, rewatched, uh, downloaded the podcasts will enjoy it. Uh, and I'm sure they'll enjoy this one. Benoit and Danny, thank you for your time. Thanks, Martin. Thanks to all of you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Before we leave, I have several people I need to thank because I have never thanked them once in any of these. Um, these events, these lives would not be possible without the fabulous, painstaking, nerve-wracking help and professionalism of Rachel Harrison, Lydia Rowe, Gigi Cooper and Steph Andrews. Uh, if we could have produced the blooper reel... It would be a best watched video on TikTok, I am quite sure. And I just want to make and express my thanks in this, this arena to Rachel, Lydia, Gigi and Steph. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will be back in 2023. Goodbye.